Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a special Hall of Fame edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined by Cleveland.com's Tribe Beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, good to hear from you as we get ready for this uh, this Hall of Fame induction weekend. Yeah, it's going to be, it should be a great weekend, Joe. I mean, in, in Cooperstown, it is really, you know, that, that that's a little town in upper New York, and it becomes alive. This is its uh, weekend uh, to shine, and it's the baseball capital of the world, and uh, uh, the Indian, one of the original Indians, uh, Jim Tomey's going in, uh, along with a great class. Uh, you know, the Veterans Committee uh, elected Jack Morris and Alan Trammell. And along with Tomey, uh, the BBWA guys, voters, uh, elected Chipper Jones, Vlad Guerrero, and uh, Trevor Hoffman. So it's a, a big class, a talented class. And, of course, our buddy uh, from the Akron Beacon Journal, uh, Sheldon Ocker, is uh, going in as the uh, – Spink winner, so for baseball writers, and I, I'm really happy for that. Well, for you personally, that's two guys in one Hall of Fame class who you've been around and you know have known for years. Uh, what's it mean for you personally? You've covered the Indians for 35 years or more. It's and and to to see two guys go into the Hall of Fame at once, uh, who, who you've worked so closely with, it, it must be really special for you. Yeah, it is. It is really, really. It's it's a cool thing, you know. I remember Tommy uh, coming in like you know when it, maybe as as a rookie, and uh, you know he was kind of an aw shucks guy, and uh, he uh, and he you know from that day on, Joe, he he never changed. He's uh, he's the same guy now that he was then. Uh, you know, he didn't get a big head. He never big leagued you. Uh, he was uh, just uh, just a nice guy, good down to earth guy. Uh, I remember the first home run he hit in uh, Yankee Stadium, his first big league home run. He borrowed uh, Joel Skinner's bat and hit one up in the uh, upper deck in uh, old Yankee Stadium. I think it was the second deck uh, in right field. And that was an, an inkling of things to come. So, uh, you know, I, I just uh, – you, Joe, you think about that lineup. Think about those <laughs> – that that great great lineup and Tommy couldn't even get in the, hit in the middle of that lineup. Him and Manny Ramirez and 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 uh, and Paul Sorrento and Sandy Alomar were hitting what sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth in that lineup. And I, that lineup was so good. I remember, uh, uh, you know, I was talking to Manny Ramirez once, and 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 I said, Manny, you know, you you could hit cleanup one day in this lineup. He goes, Oh no no no, I can't hit cleanup in this lineup. <laughs> And, uh, you know, with, with Jimmy, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, the one thing sticks out in my mind about him is, uh, you know, one of the first games, he, 
you know, the, the first the first season of, that they signed Omar Vizquel, I think it was I can't remember maybe ninety four ninety four and uh, his first home game it was against Kansas City and we you know, we've been writing about this great Hall of uh, you know Gold Glove shortstop that they stole from Seattle and he, he he comes in first home game he makes three errors against Kansas City and uh, and I'm sitting there thinking well this is going to be interesting to see how he handles this and uh, Omar was at his locker when we all came in, answered every question. And like two or three lockers down, Tommy was sitting there and watched the whole thing unfold. And, and, you know, and I talked to him later about that years later. And he goes, you know, that showed me how, how a big league player handles adversity. And, uh, and he never, and he never ducked a tough question. He was always there, whether he did good or, you know, did well or, or poorly. And uh, he, he was, you know, he was really, a treat to cover, and and a, just a good guy. Yeah, and you know, and I, I had the opportunity to cover him a couple of times uh, in spring training, and and also when he came back. And it was it, like you said, even when a reporter asks one of those questions, that's sort of like cringeworthy, and you don't, you know, you know, we've all been I've around asked a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but he would he never makes uh, made a reporter feel, you know out of place or, or silly for asking a question he, he would always sort of you know take a second and measure his response but but give you something at least and and not make you feel like like you were uh you know totally bad at what you were doing yeah. uh i i he's he, he really is that that's one of those qualities that goes into making a hall of famer uh you know 20 years in a in, in the big leagues that goes into making you a, a hall of famer 612 home runs goes into making you a hall of fame. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you're going to hear this weekend, a lot of people talk about Jim Tomey being a hall of fame person, as opposed to just a, you know, a, a great ball player, which he absolutely was. Uh, you talk about the, the, the change that he and he went through early in his career with Charlie Manuel that sort of, you know, opened him up to, to hitting these tape measure home runs as a, you know, he was originally a shortstop and a, a skinny kid, and then now, and, and by the time he got to the bigs, he was a, a sort of a big hoss. Yeah, he, you know, he started out at third base, and uh, they got Matt Williams in '97, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, Jimmy moved over to first base. But his transformation as a hitter really is tied so closely to Charlie Manuel, you know, the former Indians hitting coach and manager. I mean, uh, I, I'm sure Charlie's going to have a front seat at the induction. Uh, this weekend I mean they are tied hip to hip and they, they love each other I mean Charlie was the AAA manager at uh, I think they were at Charlotte then and uh, and uh, Jimmy uh, he was kind of you know he was an opposite field hitter he, he hit to left center field that's where his power was he hadn't learned how to turn on the ball and uh, Charlie they were watching the, the movie The Natural mm-hmm. and uh, was it The Natural yeah, yeah, and when Robert Redford kind of pointed the bat, you know, at the hitter, like kind of like Rocky Calavito, right? He uh, used to do, and uh, and and uh, Charlie suggested that you know Jimmy Jimmy do this to relax himself because he was always so tense when he got in the box, and it did, and then it kind of and he he kind of moved. I think he moved off the plate a little bit, and it opened his hips, and he was started turning on the ball. And uh, the rest is history. I mean, he hit, he had a great year at Charlotte. He came up and, you know, he started – I think I was looking at these numbers, Joe, from 1994 
through 2004, this guy never hit less than, than 20 home runs, and I think he topped out at 52 per season. I mean, you know, he, he's an Indians franchise leader, and like you said, 612, I think that's eighth all-time on the all-time list, mm-hmm. and he played right through the heart of the steroid era. Never, never, a, never a trace of, of scandal about that. He, he was never connected with that. And I asked him one time, I said, Jimmy, you know, because he got big when he, when he went from third to first right. base. I mean, he grew. I mean, he didn't have to, you know, didn't have to move around as much. And he got big. And I asked him about that. And he goes, uh, you know, he, he said, oh, God, you know, my father would kill me if I ever did anything like that. And, and uh, you know, I believed him. I mean, some guys could say that and, you know, you'd shrug it off. But, I, you know, Tommy was so sincere that, you know, I, I don't think there was ever a hint of that. And I, don't th- I think he played clean his whole career. And uh, I think he's, he can really be proud of that because that was, that was power right there, man. He was, right. he was a power hitter. There was, there was no uh, two ways about it. Never a question in my mind after I, uh, I walked into the clubhouse uh, after a game, and this was uh, probably in 2000, 2001, and he was uh, sitting there eating his post-game meal. It's a, a, just a, a pile of, of white rice and two Bud Lights. <laughs> that's that's what he had there. That, was, that really stuck out in my mind. And I mean, anytime anybody said anything about uh, you know uh, you know PEDs or anything like that, I'm like, this this was a man who was drinking two Bud Lights and a pile of, of a plateful of white rice after a ball game. I, that's all natural right there. He's he's good. Uh, yeah. And you know he's also the the walk numbers, the plate discipline that right. that Tommy had, uh, really uh, sort of a key for him. I mean he. He's he's in the top, I believe, in the top ten in all time in walks. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're as right. As well as you know, and and the strikeouts you, you you'll live with if the guy's you know hitting home runs the way he is. Uh, yeah, he had, he had that line. I think he did this maybe. It seemed like almost every season when he started playing full time, a hundred runs, hundred RBIs, hundred strikeouts, and a hundred walks. You know, it was crazy. It was it was just you know you didn't. I know there were times. When they wa- they told him to swing at pitches out of outside of the strike zone, they wanted him to swing more, but he but he couldn't do it. You know he was he was locked in. Uh, you know he he had his vision of the of the strike zone, and and he wasn't going to vary from that. God, where would he fit nowadays? And with all the the new metrics and the you know launch angle, obviously his swing is just built for 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 launch angle. That, that right. that's that's a given. But, you know, I, I would have loved to see stat cast numbers on Jim Tomey on that 512-foot home run to, to, to dead center yeah, field yeah, at, right. at the Jake. I mean, the, things like that, he, he would have been, if he had played in the stat cast era, you know, that kind of thing, uh, just, just amazing. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, the thing, one, one of the things that, that always, you know, he comes, his family, his, his whole family played baseball. Mm-hmm. He had an aunt that's in the softball hall of fame. Uh, his dad played, uh, you know, fast pitch softball, you know, so he, he, his uncles, I think, played in, in pros, in the minors. And, uh, and you, if you watched him, you know, the, the thing that always stood out to me about Tommy is when, when it was a play at the plate, he had, he, he had all these different slides he, he had coming into the plate. Like he was really, you know, he was such a big guy, but he was pretty nimble. And, you know, he, I, I saw him time and time again slide away from catchers, you know, and slap the plate as he's going by or try to hook slide in. It was, it was fun to watch. It was, it was really fun. 
All right. Uh, Ed, you mentioned the, the his family history. Didn't his uh, his father played fast pitch softball, and and he played against uh, Eddie Eddie Feener, the the, the king yeah, of the court. Yeah, king of the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, they, yeah. So yeah, they they had great stories, man. Uh, and I, I remember Tom Hamilton, uh, you know, talking about Jim Tomey and, and, and his dad and, and saying how you never want to sit down and, and, and challenge them to a beer drinking contest. Yeah, yeah right. Be carrying you out of the bar. <laughs> uh, and uh. speaking of carrying you out of the bar, are there any Sheldon Oker stories that, that you, that are fit to print <laughs> or, uh, that you can share here, uh, yeah. in, our, in our podcast, uh, as, as Sheldon gets uh, ready to go into the hall, yeah, he 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 got the Spink Award. We nominated him. Uh, he got on the, like for, like Tommy first ballot. He he <laughs> got on the ballot and and is the first ballot elector. You know, got in for the Spink Award, which you know that's that's Nirvana for a baseball writer. So uh, and uh, you know, I I worked with Sheldon for over uh, thirty years on on the beat. You know, he was on the beat before me uh, when I started covering and. Uh, just, uh, you know, just a good dude. You know, you hear all, you know, Jim Ingram, uh, myself, and Shelly were on the beat for over, probably over 30 years together. And we didn't kill each other, which is a miracle. And, <laughs> you know, because you always hear the, the stories, the horror stories of, you know, baseball writers are so competitive uh, that, that they can't stand each other. And, uh, but, you know, we all got along. We we're all friends. We're still friends. And, uh, but the one thing I'll tell you about Sheldon, He's the worst driver in the world. He should be. He should. I think he should have been recreated as Mario Andretti. He should be racing in the Indianapolis 500 because we we would we would always in spring training the the Indians would make this uh, trip from they go from Tucson they go to, up to Yuma to mm-hmm. uh, play the Padres when they were when they were playing there or had spring training there and then they go to. Palm Springs, where the Angels played, and Sheldon would would insist on driving the whole way. And this guy, I mean, we we'd be driving through the middle of the Arizona desert at night, you know, at midnight. There'd be tumbleweed blowing across the the, the freeway. We wouldn't stop for anything. We were <laughs> we were behind this semi one time. I was in the back seat with the cooler of beer, of course, and and uh, and and the semi blew out a tire. And there's like shards of tire flying by our car. <laughs> Sheldon didn't even put the brake on. He didn't even slow down. He just kept going. It was like, I thought we were going to die. So he like took like 10 years off my life. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he was, he was a, he's a great friend. And uh, he knew where all the best restaurants were in, in every, in every uh, road city. And that, that's a key to being a baseball writer. Uh, I, it just the, uh, the amount of, war stories and, 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 you know, just great times that you guys probably shared out on the road. You, you couldn't even fill a book with, uh, any, any one time that, that he scooped you on a story that, uh, that stands out or, uh, or that you got him on one that, uh, that you can remember. There was a couple. I mean, I, I guess yeah, before, he, this is before Twitter and before, yeah, know, before Twitter, and before I'm trying to think, I just, there's one thing that, re, that stands out to me. We were, we were both standing in the, uh, in the uh the locker room in Kansas City mm-hmm. and uh Manny Ramirez and uh, Julian Tavares were rookies uh-huh. and uh they came up to us we're, we're standing there talking and they came up to us and they they asked us if they could borrow ten thousand dollars each they wanted to buy Harley Davidson uh motorcycles <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, ten, what, I'm sitting there, Manny 
Manny, you, got, you know, we're talking, which these guys don't realize how much a sports writer makes, you know. <laughs> so, wow. and, and then they, so, and they were serious now, and, and they wanted, so they each wanted to buy a motorcycle, and they said they'd been to John Hart. They'd asked John Hart for an advance on their, on their salary. <laughs> and, and shockingly, John Hart didn't want two of his best players riding around on hogs, ready oh, to fall off and break the, break a bone. So he said no. So they came up to the baseball right to the two baseball writers and the, the guys that were making the less, the least amount of money in that whole locker room and asked us for a loan. So that's the one thing that stands out about that. Well, to me. <laughs> I, I can't believe that you and Sheldon didn't, didn't pool your money and get them at least one <laughs> yeah, Harley yeah. Davidson to share between yeah. the two of them. I, it, it, it blows my mind. Uh, well, it's great. You know, uh, you know, just thinking back about on that era of, uh, you know, great Indians baseball when, when Tommy, uh, you know, sort of led this club. And we talk about, uh, you know, Robbie Alomar is in the hall. Eddie Murray is in the hall. Uh, you know, guys like Oral Hershiser, Dennis Martinez, uh, you know, they, they were, and even Kenny Lofton, strong candidates, but yeah. never, never made it. Um, uh, you know, to, for Tommy to sort of be the face of the Indians franchise uh, and, and be, you know, the guy that, that gets in, and, you know, Omar is, is a possibility maybe down the road. If, yeah. if, if things break the right way, I think he's, I think he's got a very strong case, but you know, yeah, if I they do. only, if the Indians only get one guy and, and Tommy's that guy, I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause he, he, that's a, a pretty decent guy to, to represent the Indians franchise. Definitely, Joe. That's that's well put. You know, the, and you think of those teams. You know, Tommy is probably. You don't think of Tommy first, at least to me. I always think of Albert Bell. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, that was the face of that team, that that era. You know, that he was like the most intimidating hitter in in, in baseball for about five, six, seven year period. But <laughs> he just. He, for, he just hated writers. I mean, he <laughs> such a, I, and I think it worked against him. Uh, but, you know, you're right. With Tommy, that he's kind of, you know, if, for those for, – for the people that covered it and, and watched it as fans, that's probably the, uh, the most unexpected guy to, to make it as the first guy. You know, Manny, I think, should have made it. Uh, obviously, the steroid question is still haunting him. Because you know what, he had 555 home runs, uh, right. and uh, Tommy hit 612. Think of that. You develop two hitters, one hits 612, and one hits 555 home runs. Now those are your guys that you developed in the farm system. I mean, somebody was doing something right. So Charlie, and, uh, so Charlie Manuel should be in the Hall of Fame, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the scouts, the <laughs> Mickey White was a scout that found a. That, that that found Ramirez or like they, they didn't have to find him. Everybody knew about yeah. him in Washington Heights, but he's the guy that that signed them when they when they convinced the Indians to draft him. And and Tommy was Tommy what was like a twenty third, twenty fourth round pick, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, and and you know, the guy that signed the guy that signed Tommy went to see him play uh, uh, a. Uh, a community college game where he was playing and they, he went to see the other, the shortstop on the other team. And, uh, <laughs> he told me hit like six, five balls at this shortstop and almost killed him. He hit him so hard. And so the, the scout went up to him and, uh, after the game and Tommy's standing there and, and the scout goes up to me and he's they're back to back. And, and the scout is talking to Tommy and telling him, 
don't turn around. Don't turn around and look at me. I don't want these other scouts knowing I'm talking to you. And he goes, do you want to play professional baseball? And Tommy's sitting there, standing there with, with his back to the sky. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to play. And he goes, okay, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I'll, I'll get in touch with you later. That's how they, they signed him. That's how the guy found him. That's amazing. Well, uh, when uh, I'm really looking forward to Jim Tomey's speech, uh, you know, on Hall of Fame weekend, uh, I will will definitely be recording that and playing it back several times. Uh, Paul, thanks for sharing your memories of of these great guys who are being inducted this weekend, and uh, you know, I think it's a real special time for for the Indians and their fans and and those who those who have covered them for years. Uh, this is a uh, a real exciting time to be uh, around the Cleveland Indians and, and the Hall of Fame. Definitely. This is a good, this is a good weekend. This is going to be a great weekend, Joe.